Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Fitz. And if you don't know who I am, here's a quick bio. Veteran sports journalist who writes, does TV, radio, and is a longtime podcaster. Also, I have stage four prostate cancer, so my doctors advise me to stay home during these COVID-19 concerns. So what am I doing with my time? I'm calling some of the many friends, athletes, coaches, and colleagues who have been part of my life during more than 30 years in journalism. Oh, and I'm hitting the record button. Welcome to my life and the Life of Fitz podcast. As I have ventured through this wonderful, challenging, and enriching life, I have collected friends like kings collect gold. That is why I do this podcast. I'm a wealthy man in friendship, and while it would be nice to enjoy stacks of gold, I wouldn't trade one for the other. This need to bond with others, to be social, to find free spirits who hear their own drumbeat and are willing to live lives their own way has led me to meet some truly incredible people. One of those is former Kansas State women's basketball player, Claire Coggins. Claire, like many of my friends, is much younger than me, and we met while our company's offices were located in Manhattan's Aggieville Business District, which is mostly a collection of bars and restaurants off the southeast corner of the Kansas State campus. When we met away from sports, it was clear we would be friends. Sometimes you just know, and Claire is one of those people who I always greet with a hug, and she remains one of my favorite people in the world. Claire was the focal point of the Kansas State women's basketball team in the mid-2000s, twice earning second-team All-Big 12 recognition before playing the 2007 season with the WNBA's Chicago Sky, and then one season professionally in Greece before deciding to retire from the game. She went on to coach, spending time on both Deb Patterson staff at K-State and becoming a full-time assistant coach for current K-State coach Jeff Mitty. She decided to get out of coaching after meeting the love of her life, former Texas head coach Karen Aston, who was just dismissed this spring. The two now have a three-year-old daughter, Marilyn. Claire was fun to watch play, but she's more fun to call a friend. So now let's call my friend Claire Coggins, who recently moved back to her home on the Missouri side of Kansas City. Well, good morning. Sorry I'm late. I was actually booking another guest. Oh, I, that's okay. I'm uh, I'm freaking myself out because now I'm working ahead. Good for you. It's not like me. It's almost adult. <laughs> you've got your you've got your priorities. Great. <laughs> when well, did that happen? Well, no, it's it's a recent thing, and let's be honest, it, it happened because of you. I know. Uh, uh, we were supposed to do this earlier in the week, and. Uh, you had uh, a golfing invitation from the Pops and a beer, probably just as important, a beer well, invitation. You can't, you can't turn Dad down. 
No. Especially whenever he lives right down the street now from me. So <laughs> it was a it was a pleasant surprise for me and I felt bad, but I'm I knew that you understood. No, so yeah, exactly. When you texted, I'm like, This is why we're friends. You just Exactly. This is this is Claire. This is exactly why we've remained friends. Uh, so I had to book someone else and I um hit up my buddy Al Jones, who's out in Las Vegas, a former he was part of the foundation, the first Snyder group. Um, and, cool. uh, so I've already recorded him for next week. So now I'm ahead one and I got Wyatt Thompson to fill in yeah. the slot and now I got you. And, and now I just, uh, was DMing with Jamar Samuels who I didn't realize so was really, in Manhattan. Wow. So really me postponing this yeah. has actually helped you. So yes. Yes. Okay. Wow. It, it forced me to adult and, <laughs> Well, then you're welcome. I know. I know. Uh, well, first of all, you have moved back to Lee's Summit, the hard streets of Lee's Summit uh, <laughs> from Austin. How has that uh, move been? You know, it's funny. Someone had asked me that the other day, if it's weird being back. And really, it's not because it's home, you know. Yeah. So every time I was able to come home um, – for Christmas or any other holiday or any time off, which was never a lot of time because of basketball, right? So two days here and there, maybe four at the most. It was always not enough for me. Um, I love being home. I love being able to see my parents anytime that I can, especially now that I have a three-year-old. That mm-hmm. uh, helps a lot. And it's it's nice to get back to your roots a little bit and be somewhere that's familiar. And um, it, I mean, it's different just because the whole everything, the whole world is up in the air right now with the virus and everything's been a whirlwind, but, but it's great. I'm happy. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, well, let's catch people up on your life. You, you coached here, you left, you got married to a wonderful woman and had a baby and now Marilyn's three. And I, I had to go look up how old she was today on Facebook. Cause it seems like it was just the other day you were pregnant. Oh, man, I know. It really has flown. Yeah, so um, obviously I was at K-State, and then um, I met a a perfect person, and um, we got married, and it was fantastic, and I was lucky enough to um, get pregnant, and, you know, it's just been a blessing, a, a major blessing. She is the love of my life, that little girl. She's unbelievable. She's so funny. She's smart. Um, and she's just precious. She's so cute. I love her so much. She is very adorable. Very adorable. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And Karen was the head women's basketball coach at Texas um, in a really strange firing this year. I, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't understand that one at all. I'm I mean, not sure a lot of people do. <laughs> uh, but so be it. It's and it's not a great time to be hired as a basketball coach because there haven't been many open. There's nothing open. Yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's interesting, but, um, anytime you catch yourself wanting to feel mad or sorry for yourself or anything like that, like, and I know this sounds cliche, but it it really is the truth. This whole coronavirus has forced people to change, change thoughts, change ways of life behaviors. And, um, yeah, it was, it's an, it's always unfortunate whenever you get let go of a job or something like that, especially whenever you did so well. And I'm not really biased only because I know basketball, you know, um, I'm not just a wife, but you know, 
things change. It's life, it's business. And, um, that's just the way it is. And she's a great coach. She's going to get something down the road if that's what she chooses. And that's the beauty of things. We, we've been forced to kind of take a, a step back and look at things. And now I can get into some other things. And um, it's it's a positive, you yeah. know, it's a positive from a negative. So that's the way we go about life. Can't dwell in, dwell in negativity too long. Yeah. I mean, if I'm an AD hiring a women's basketball coach, I know who's uh, at the top of my list, I, it was just very strange. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm well, baffled would, by these I, things. Yeah, I am too. I really am too. But, you know, um, people have their own. I mean, I, I don't really want to talk about it too much just because. Fine. But, yes, I'm, I'm baffled by it as well. But, well, <laughs> well just uh, what went into the thought process of leaving Austin, which is uh, a wonderful yeah, yeah. and weird place and coming back to Lee Summit? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Um, well, first and foremost, Karen and I at this point are jobless. So, and we have a, a, a little girl and Austin's really expensive. And, um, with the whole year, it looked like it's going to be at least a year until maybe more jobs are open. Who knows? Um, that's a whole year somewhere even more away from people that we love and friends and family. Um, so it just made sense to leave, to come up here. And, um, you know, we bought this little house, kind of an investment type property. We've been wanting to, um, start that anyway. And, um, I want to get into real estate and I know a lot of people nice. up here that are in that. And I would like to one day property manage my home. That's this one that I'm living in right now. So it made sense financially. It made sense um, for our family. And also, it's a great central area for um, a lot of universities and a lot of different schools and coaches that Karen can drive to if she wants to, you know, go sit on a practice or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And honestly, I, I've, I've very much enjoyed every reading the paper every single day because that's my thing. And seeing the Kansas City Chiefs and not the Dallas Cowboys and <laughs> the Kansas City Royals and not, you know, the Rangers. It's it's wonderful to be back in the area of the the things that I love. God, you're old. You like still like to read the newspaper. I oh yeah. Oh, it's my favorite. I do not like the online thing at all. I like something tangible. And I like the crosswords. We the crosswords are our thing too. My God, so. this this is uh, secretly probably why we're friends. You're actually in your fifties in mentally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, it took me a long time to get there. Let's let's be real. But. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. That's okay. We don't go through <laughs> our struggles. Uh, but let's explain this. You and I have been odd friends for years. One of the benefits mm -hmm. of being in Aggieville for sixteen years. Because I was mm -hmm. around just a really eclectic mix of people and ages. And and you're one of the former athletes who we just kind of bonded. I don't, I can't explain it other than that. And we're still friends. Well, which is. Yeah. And I'm one of the former athletes that probably spent the most time in Aggieville <laughs> while I was at K-State. So um, we had a lot of opportunities to run into each other, you and I. Yeah. But, you know, you just have a really cool demeanor about yourself and you seem to be, um, inviting for people. You're mm -hmm. easy to talk to. And, um, 
yeah, you're right. We just hit it off immediately. And it's been too long since we've talked. I know. Way too long. I know. And speaking of you, how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. I, uh, you know, you mentioned the changes in life with the coronavirus, and this has been a challenge for me because, well, let's be honest, we're friends because I'm a social creature. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I like to be around people. I enjoy talking to people. And really being locked down in my house for my own precautions has been extremely right. mentally challenging. And I'm pretty challenged mentally to start with. So this is uh, this is <laughs> difficult. Uh, I, doing my Google Maps monthly search has been depressing to find out that uh, I don't go anywhere. I mean, I go to home improvement mm-hmm. stores like garden centers and medical appointments. That's pretty much right. all I do now. But this yeah. this podcast was started to... Help me pass time. Give me something I could do without having to go out and about into the world. And really, it's been therapy. I mean, I've talked to yeah. you mentioned we haven't talked in a while. Um, and I've talked to people that I haven't spoken with in years. I called Clint Stewart, former men's basketball player. Oh, yeah. And Clint and I really hadn't had a conversation since he left campus. And wow, that was incredible. And then just earlier this week, I spoke with Wyatt Thompson, who I talk to on a regular basis because our mm-hmm. jobs overlap. And yet because of this, I hadn't seen or heard from him in you know, four months since we left the big 12 tournament when it got shut down. So it's been, this has been a blessing. It's something that's come out of this, but I'm doing fine. I, I have my issues with health, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I try not to complain. I, sometimes you, you do, but, uh, you just take what's in front of you, Claire, you know, that you're doing that right now in life, whatever comes up, you just fight that battle and you move on. So, well, I know that we, I'm sure that people that follow you on Twitter, especially, really appreciate um, your candid way of telling the world and not being afraid or Mm -hmm. embarrassed or anything like that about what's going on, because it's something that affects, I don't know the percentages, but I mean, it seems like everyone um, either knows someone or deals with it themselves, you know, and it's a scary thing, but it's a very real thing. And I think that people can find strength in, the way you're talking about it. And I appreciate it very much. I've enjoyed reading everything, even though sometimes it makes me a little sad, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it makes me happy too, that you're such a fighter and you're awesome. You know, just last night, I, someone I didn't know hit me up on uh, Facebook and directed me to call someone that he, had oh, been, cool. you know, a, a central Kansas farmer, one of those older guys who works mm-hmm. every day and, Lo and behold, he's got prostate cancer. Wow. Uh, so I called called them. I spoke to the wife. He was out working, of course, because he's a farmer. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah, so I do that, too. I, I'll, I'll talk to anyone that needs to talk about prostate cancer. Um, and plus, you know, you mentioned my social media. The benefit, and I like to find benefits, the benefit of prostate cancer is it allows me to make more pee-pee jokes. So that's, right. good. that's good. I mean, that falls well, right into my, my, that's exactly. kind of my, now it's ethically okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. I mean, when well, you're talking about you wetting your own pants, that's a gift for me. Absolutely. There's small blessings in all of this, <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blessings in disguise. Do you miss coaching? <sighs> you know, I don't. If I did, I never would have left. Yeah. I mean, if I loved it, I, I, no, I, I do what I want to do. And um, I think 
<laughs> that's apparent in the way I've lived my life. Mm-hmm. But um, it was very simple for me to walk away only because I don't believe coaching is what coaching should be. So, um, yeah, it's not basketball. I mean, it is, it's 10% on the floor. The rest of it's too much for me. Like it's, I love being on the floor. I love teaching the game. I love playing the game, but if it was more of that, then yeah, I would definitely be. And I really actually would love to have my own AAU team here. I would love to have, yeah, a group of 12 to 15 year old girls, um, even boys, I would be open to coaching, you know, anything. Um, but you know, when basketball is fun at that age and you can really teach kids the right and wrong things of the, of, of everything. And you can, especially young women, you can teach them, look, you might see on social media that, Oh, it looks glamorous, blah, blah, blah. But really for a woman, like you need to have different priorities. I think as far as the way you think about the game, um, you don't need to have this glitter in the eye of, Oh, I'm going to go be a superstar and make millions of dollars because that's not going to happen. Yeah. And a very few percentage of women actually reach the WNBA. And then after that, it's even less and it's still not a lot of money. And I think these kids have been told by some of their handlers or their coaches that, you know, and they paint this picture to the parents and it's just, it's not right. Like they need to learn the game. They need to learn the good things about the game and to understand what a college education really does for you and what it means. That's where I think that I would like to be at some point with basketball. And Karen's taught me a lot about that too, because she's the most ethically sound person I've ever known. And she does it for the right reason. She actually cares about, um, the girls. She cares if they graduate, she cares about the right things and it's refreshing to see. And sometimes, you know, that's not, that's not enough for employers, but that's enough for me. So yeah, where I'm at with that. <clears throat> um, it would strike me, and maybe I'm making sweeping generalizations that will get me in trouble here, that coaching women and coaching men or girls and boys mm-hmm. seems to be a different venture. Uh, and some with basketball is basketball, but you mentioned the other 90% of things that aren't on the court. Mm-hmm. It seems like that would be a stressor right there. Am I right? Oh, well, yeah. And I can't speak to coaching boys cause I've never done it. Yeah. I've never been in that realm. So I, I, I do believe women, boys and girls, especially growing up, you know, they're precious little minds and they, they're the same. They're the exact same. The only difference is their opportunity once they're older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that social media can be the devil. And I mm-hmm. think that with the coronavirus, it's been a blessing because, Um, I think people are forced to, you know, now with no sports and we all hate it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you're a sports writer. I'm a sports fanatic. I hate that. I can't go to the Royal stadium right now. And I hate that, you know, football might be off the table, but, um, kids look to these athletes and they see this dream world and they're so romanticized in the media. And it's hard when you're little, especially if you're good at a sport and you think, Oh, that's, that's going to happen. And I'm, you know, you get your priorities wrong. 
And I don't know about coaching boys. Like you said, I I don't know the difference, but I do know that women need to be guided a little bit differently for what's actually reality in this world. Yeah. And you know, when you're young, you don't understand that even those who are quote successful, they've reached a level you want to achieve that comes with problems. That isn't a golden gilded life that uh, everything lifts off of you. You you see issues. Everyone has issues, and money can be a major issue. Although at some point in my life, I would like to find out what those issues are. <laughs> <laughs> more money, more problems. Like there's a reason there's a song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the truth. Yeah, it's the truth, definitely. But um, yeah, because with money comes different, um, I don't know, I don't like to say responsibilities, but people look at you different and they just all, all of a sudden expect different things out of you, you know, Mm -hmm. and really it's, we're all the same and money can also change your own view of things. And when you're humbled again, you realize, wow, you know, that's not the way things are. And money is just money. Right. Right. So uh, you did get a chance to play professionally briefly. Um, you moved into the WNBA, and then I think you played in Europe. What was that like? Well, it was really fun, actually. The WNBA, you know, I didn't play very much. I was I was one, one of those players that was always on the injury reserve list, not because I was injured, but because in the WNBA – only 10, I believe, players can suit up for the game, and two others have to be off. I don't know why, that's but weird. that's just the way that's the way it was when I played back in 2007. So, you know, they would rotate us, the rookies. So I would, I would get to play in, I don't know, 25% of the games probably, which is not very much. But, you know, I was really lucky to make that team because that team was really good. And it was just a blast, you know, going to city to city and being with seeing how it's so much different than college. And I was so young and so stupid and didn't know anything. And and but it was it was fun. You know, that's that's the time in your life that it's a catch 22. Like you want to do that when you're young, but also you wish you were smarter and uh, more cultured to appreciate things, Um, especially in Greece after the season in the league, um, I went over and played in Athens and that was just craziness. It was crazy because I didn't understand like how to appreciate my time, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, so you weren't a good tourist and you didn't absorb the culture the way you wanted to. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was the, person that enjoyed the nightlife more than I enjoyed the Acropolis. I was about to ask you, how was the bar scene in Athens, Claire? (laughs) Well, it's fantastic if that's your thing. (laughs) And it, it was insane because the bars are open until about 7 a.m. Well, no, that's not right. Probably 5 a.m. So, um, and they, they open at like 11 p.m. and then they close at 5 a.m. So my whole schedule was completely off. It took me like a month to get back to normalcy once I got back to America. 
It was crazy. That is dangerous for people like you and I. Oh, it was. And that's why my basketball career ended, if I'm just being completely honest. Huh. Like, I, could, I couldn't handle it. And I think that happens to people. But also my heart, I mean, had I really loved it and wanted to do it, you know, I, I could have... I could have been better, but I didn't. I was I was just fine walking away from the game as well as I was coaching. So what? it was a good lesson, though. Yeah. What did basketball mean to you as someone growing up in the Kansas City suburbs? And um, you were so prominent as a basketball player. But when you moved back to Lee Summit, I asked you if you're going to take Karen to see all of your your childhood haunts. And you said, what, the gym? I mean, you you just, mm-hmm. it was everything to you, wasn't it? Well, it was because um, it wasn't, it wasn't. It's, it's funny because I loved it and I was good at it. And I worked at the game. Um, and I was, I was at the gym all the time, I think, because I was part of a lot of different teams. You know, I played for three different AAU teams. One, mostly the Kansas Bells, but... Um, which I think are still a team now. They should be because they were a dynastic organization. But, um, yeah, I, I was at the gym all the time. It, it's where all my best friends were. We all played together, which was great. Um, but at some point in my life, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this now. I did it, and now I'm done. But, yeah, the gym, basically, I didn't do a whole lot in high school. I saved all that for Aggieville in Kansas State. <laughs> it's funny when you get to a point in your life when that arrives. Like, this has been everything I did. Okay, I'm done with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way I was with having an office in Aggieville. I, I tell people, well, we moved to Aggieville in 2000 when I was in my 30s, and we moved out in 2017 when I was in my 50s. You know, it, it, it was a fun gap of my life. I those bar owners and restaurant owners are still my, some of my closest friends that I was around them all the time. And even the, the bar managers who have moved on, like we're in your age group, like the, the group that ran tubbies, I'm still close with all of those people. Uh, That's great. Yeah. It's, it's a blessing. Becky works at a retirement community. So we have friends that are in their nineties and, uh, I have been in Aggieville and now downtown Manhattan and we have friends that are, even know that I had no idea that you moved. Yeah, we're downtown, and and uh, it now we can park in front of our building without people being there twenty four seven, and we haven't had vomit in front of our door in <laughs> ever. So it's, it's it's so funny that you know just something as small as that move, which isn't small emotionally, but it's kind of the way I feel about getting out of Austin and coming right. here. Because Austin is just, it was so much mm-hmm. and the convenience of Lee Summit. And actually, the other day, I went to Walmart, which was is right down the street. And I could not believe that I went to Walmart, did my thing, came back in like 40 minutes, all of it. And whenever normally it would take me 40 minutes just to get to Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot to be said for convenience, that's for sure. Austin, as they might say in Texas, has outgrown its britches. I mean, it's just too big and it's... Yeah, it's bad. Hey, it's Fitz. Let's hit the pause button right here and take a little break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's shift gears now to something probably much more important than basketball. Um, and this is when I ask you about Mariah Carey. Uh, <laughs> for the entire oh. time I have known you, basically, you have loved this woman. Explain mm-hmm. this strange addiction, because it's not even like fandom at this point. It's addiction. You have a Mariah Carey face mask. Which well, is inter- which was a gift, which was a gift, by the way. Well, people know you well. Um, explain this. What is it about this woman that literally touches your soul? Well, that's a good way to, to put it because it's true. It is a soul thing. And the first time I heard her voice, I was in second grade, and it was a a sound that I had never heard before because no one had ever sang like her. There was Whitney who was big, whom I love. Um, and then there was Mariah who sang a totally different way. And just, just everything about her voice I was obsessed with. And then I realized that she wrote all of her songs, all of this stuff. And I've just been the biggest fan since second grade. Literally. I know like every single song she's ever sung by heart and you know when you fall in love with something true love never dies (laughs) and i'm a loyal person to the max so i've just always stuck with her it's it's not always well when you find an artist you really like they can do something different and stretch their boundaries and that's when you know you really like them because you go with them or you don't exactly Uh, um and not that he really stretches his boundaries but uh, I'm in. I'm into something uh, probably much more manly than Mariah Carey. Uh, <laughs> his name is Michael Bublé. Uh, very. Oh manly. yeah. Very very manly. Oh very the most manly. Yeah. It. Uh, I knew I was. <laughs> I was uh, amongst my people when I was going to Bublé concerts earlier in his career, and literally. The entire audience were were couples with unhappy mm-hmm. husbands to be there. Uh, For sure, packs of women and <laughs> and gay couples. That was literally the whole entire grouping. And there's me like singing his face off because I love Michael <laughs> Bublé so much. I'd cry if I met him. Oh, I I cried whenever I was at Mariah's concert when she stood five feet away from me. I started crying. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, I get it. I understand. It's a power. It's like you get close to this person and then it's just it's an overwhelming wave of emotion that hits you. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I I mean, 
but what can you do? I know. I know. I would love to see Buble during Christmas time. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I, Does he come to Kansas City? Uh, he This latest tour, he wasn't supposed to. So we were going to Des Moines in May. And, of course, that got postponed. Mm. I don't think it'll right. get rescheduled this whole all these tours are probably just get wiped off the map and never, like they never happened. I don't know. He's just cool. He's just a throwback to a different era. I, I think I was born a little bit later than I should have been. I think uh, I was mm-hmm. kind of a, a rat pack mentality mm-hmm. with Sinatra and Dean Martin, who I love. And Nice. So, I don't know. That That's awesome. I wanted to talk about Mariah Carey, and now I'm all emotional about, about Michael Bublé. This took a turn on me. Well, no, I, I'm glad because I think people get tired of my Mariah obsession. And, <laughs> and so I would prefer to talk about yours so that people understand that I'm not the only weirdo out there. I do not. Nobody has gifted me a Michael Buble mask, nor would I wear it because that would just be weird. <laughs> Another man's face on my face. Well, uh, hey. It's awkward. Well, I think it sounds fantastic. <laughs> uh, I would like to go to So Long Saloon and have a Nancy and watch you with Buble on your face. That's awesome. That's It's so funny. You can tell the age of my friends, the era from which they come, because you are the third person to mention going to So Long Saloon. That was such an epicenter for my social life. And we're talking before oh. Taco Lucha was built. In, Way before Taco Lucha. And uh, because they opened up so long, shortly after we moved to Aggieville. So it was really, that's where I really um, ended up is right across the street from our office. And, um, you know, Claire, I find myself really attracted to adventurous people that kind of do their own thing. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we're friends. That's why I was friends with so many entrepreneurs that are trying to create their own path and not just simply take a paycheck. And so I became really close with all the owners there still am. And Mm -hmm. so many of the people that have worked there. Uh, and, uh, but that's where I sat and had beers with so many people that are still part of me. Even if someone like Dylan Meyer is no longer with us, Mm -hmm. he and I were extremely close, uh, from so long. My friend to this day, Marcus Watts, uh, mm-hmm. we probably, it was so long where we met and on and on, including you. And uh, you just said two guys right there that were unbelievable, like their own spirits, both of those guys, yeah. free spirit people yeah. who were awesome. And I think about Dylan a lot, actually. I do too. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's where Karen's from in Arkansas. Um, she's got really good friends that live near that place and so when we've gone by there a lot i think about him and mm-hmm. you know it's just the world's crazy i mean i i admire him so much i people don't realize all the adventures he went on traveling the world my favorite yeah. story is when he just moved to new zealand and he worked on a family farm basically he was you know just on his adventure he would help the family with their farm and they gave him shelter and food but he would go sailing with the the guy, the man, and, and his adventures sailing in, you know, whatever sea that was. That's so cool. Just so Dylan. I mean, where'd Dylan go? Yeah. I don't know, but he's somewhere out in the world. And I think, right. I think his soul's probably still adventuring the world right now. It's just... Uh, Agreed. But, yeah, and Marcus and I have uh, 
he ended up back in Manhattan and he and I just kind of bonded. It's been cool. Oh, is he there now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yep. So he's got two little boys and yeah, I saw um, that, but I'm, you know, I don't, haven't seen him and other friends very often. I've seen Marcus probably more than any other non-family person uh, or neighbor. So, but it's, it's cool. It's cool. Living in Manhattan is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, if there was football this year, which maybe you can speak to a little bit, I, I want to come up to a game so bad yeah. and do the gameplay experience, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. I don't see how it's going to happen. I, I don't, I don't think we have a good enough uh, grip on this virus or grasp of what it does and what it's really doing. Uh, there's just, and the problem, Claire, is there's just so much noise out there about it. It's hard to get to the facts. There's so much just noise. It's gotten so political and it's just uh, it's horrible. For a guy like me who really just wants to know what's going on, what is my real threat risk level, it's it's frustrating that there's so many people dismissing it and so many people acting like it's the bubonic plague all over again. And it's I know. It's it's all all I can ever think to do is just look at I guess numbers, you know, because numbers don't lie. That's, you know, politics, whatever, whatever side you're on is one thing. But then you look at the numbers and then you think, okay, well, how do I feel about risking my own chance? Am I in a bad group? Even if I get it, am I going to hurt my parents by being around them? You know, like, so it's, yeah, I just wish everyone would wear a mask and, think about it so that we can get through this and we can have our football back and our basketball and our baseball. <laughs> Maybe that's selfish, but that's where I'm at at this point. Well, I think uh, we're going to see professional sports because it's their job and they want to get back to work. College is different. I mean, we all, it is different. Yeah. If it truly is a, a threat to people and probably not so much the players, we're not seeing the death rate amongst that age group, but the people around the players, you got older yeah. coaches, you got people inside the building that probably have health issues. So, um, for sure, it's about points of contact. So it's, it's scary, uh, from, you know, a business standpoint for me, but, uh, I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to be risking their life so I can make a buck. That just seems silly. But Absolutely. We need sports. Damn it. I, I need, uh, well, yeah. I need something other than auto racing and, and golf. Um, and what else? Yeah. Soccer. I'm not a, I might have yeah. to start watching soccer because I'm getting desperate. I actually like soccer whenever it comes to the World Cup. I don't watch it any other time, yeah. but I'll watch anything at the highest level, like the Olympics. I'll watch any sport there. The World Cup, I like to watch. But, you know, Sporting KC, I know that I've heard they're really good, right? They're always yeah. in the top five. So I'm going to have to start watching them. But the Royals come on next week, don't they? Yeah, I think so. It's going to get pretty close to playing if they baseball can make it through. I think baseball yeah. will make it through because they're used to shuffling their roster as the season goes. You know, right. They're, they're able to keep a bunch of players around, and and you know, we'll see what happens. I, I hope we get baseball. Uh, I did go to a sporting KC game match, whatever, uh, years ago, and I really did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Soccer in person is kind of like hockey in person. You get a right. different view of it than from the narrow view of television, and you kind of understand the game more when you see the big picture. But Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about Maryland. 
First of all, <laughs> where where the name come from? Because that's the name of my aunt, but it's not something that you hear a lot of kids with nowadays. And I love that name. How did you come mm-hmm. up in Maryland? Probably because I love Marilyn Monroe as well. Wow. And um, there's not more of an iconic woman in history than Marilyn Monroe, in my opinion. And it's a beautiful old-time name that is just extremely feminine. Mm -hmm. And it's unique. And that's that. What is she like as a child? She is... Hilarious. <laughs> she's inquisitive. She's very smart because she really reads people and she reads situations. And for a while, I was like, um, should she be talking more? You know, like I wasn't sure because you read things on the internet and you're not really, well, first of all, that's probably not a good thing to do with anything. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, what's going on? You know, like maybe she should talk more for her age. And then when she started really talking, I realized, oh, you know, before she was two, she knew the whole alphabet. Like she knew how to put things, all the letters together. She knew where everything went. She knew all of it. Um, She's just a really kind little girl as well. She is compassionate. She loves our dog. Which, by the way, we have a Weimar honor named Leo, who is huge, and he's like a toddler himself. <laughs> and it's ridiculous the way he is, but Marilyn loves him, and she's she's just the cutest little thing. And when she laughs, a piece of my heart dies because it's so cute. And I'm just a mother now, through and through. I just am. It's crazy. I never thought that I could really care about somebody else the way I can for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that sounds terrible because obviously like I'm a caring person and I love my friends and my family, but it's different whenever you have a child. And I know all parents understand that. Um, but she's just the most beautiful little thing. That's awesome. Yeah. it's awesome. I have to admit one of the more jarring photos I've seen on the internet was pregnant. Claire it was like, what? <laughs> Just you, it was something. I don't know what it was about you in specific being pregnant. It just didn't work in my brain. It didn't, right. you know, it didn't, it's not something I thought I'd see, but it was beautiful too. It, <laughs> well, thank you. I'm so happy for you. You, you know, you've just kind of found your groove and that's what life's about. Just finding your place and where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that people finally caught up to, to what I was going to do and what I was going to be. And that's what made it work. Mm -hmm. It was never me. I was always on the right path. I think that's interesting. That's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. And, and I, I'm just going to bring this up. You were careful about your putting anything out about your relationship at first. And I feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, I don't know when it was, but the world suddenly said, we don't give a crap. You know, we, you are who you are. And I know some people are, you probably still run into it, but I think for the most part, people are like, Oh, okay. You're happy. That's great. Good. Well, this is the thing, honestly, like who cares? Who is really, everyone has their own thing, you know, like why would anyone give the time of day to care about somebody else whenever they have their own 
situations at home, you know? And I think sometimes certain groups put too much effort on saying, oh, well, that person doesn't like me because of whenever that's really not the reality sometimes. Yes, you're going to have certain people that are whatever they want to be whatever they want to be about any group of people. But I think for the majority of the, of the population, people just want to wake up in the morning, have love at their side, have a cup of coffee and go about their day, you know? So yeah, it's been nice to um, be received, but I honestly, I've always been open. Oh, I know. (laughs) So I've never really cared. Either. I don't care if someone has a problem because, you know, they've got their own issues. I've got my own issues. All right. We all do. Right. It, uh, you know, it was kind of like a age of enlightenment with a great number of people who uh, were like, you know, the, the phrase love is love. They kind of realized that really is meaningful. I mean, okay, you're in love with someone. It just happens to be the same sex. Who gives a crap? And I feel like it really swept through an older generation that, you know, they knew people who were gay. They just didn't talk about it back then. Right. And, and they're like, oh, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Like when I was in a fraternity in the eighties, you know, in hindsight, uh, we knew some guys were gay um, mm-hmm. tended to be, we didn't really discuss it, but now as I'm adult, some guys that we never would have thought of are, right. were, right. and, uh, right. and they're still dear friends of mine. It doesn't, who cares, man? I, people get so wrapped up in other people's things. It just bugs the crap out of me. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, you don't have to be all intimate everywhere. You know what I mean? I I wouldn't want anyone to be that way. I think that's, that's for private situations, you know, but just for someone to be happy, um, in a, in a public situation should never be chastised. Right. Uh, That's what Becky had to tell me that you don't have to be intimate everywhere. Quit licking my face in public. Exactly. Okay. Okay, I will never like you have a buble mask on. So <laughs> I'm getting to think I need one. Are you talking to me? I need to find I need to find one for you. Surely there is. You can get anything on a mask. What an industry. I mean, it it didn't exist five months I, I ago. It, it's insane the way everything has changed. Absolutely. I know. If you started an AU basketball team, how do you go about that? I don't even know. I have no idea. I have no clue. All I know is that I would like to have one maybe one day. That's I'm just going to put it out there right now. And, you know, anyone's welcome to join. And I want to be competitive, but I don't – I think that there's more important things at stake. Right. And I want to be honest with the parents. I don't want I, – I refuse to have any parent of a kid on my team that, that thinks – little Jolene is going to be in the WNBA over little Mary. Like, no, we're going to play the game. Right. You know, or if your kid is terrible at basketball, I'm going to tell you that they might want to move on to a different sport. If they, you know, parents need to hear that once in a while. They knew. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to take someone's money, you know, for, 
if if the parents' goal is for them to be a Division One athlete and they're terrible, and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like they need to parents need to be told the truth. They don't need to be egged on just to get the money. And that's the problem with a lot of these basketball organizations out there right now. And probably always, it's probably always been that way. I guess my eyes have just been open to it because of um, coaching. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, the noble thought of AU kind of got particularly on the boys side, just rotted in from inside because of the money. And I'm glad to see some organizations, that are kind of regrouping and getting back to that. It's not about the shoe deals. And I can't believe how corrupt the men's side has become with stuff. Just. Well, it's not just the men's side. I think it's the women's side too. I think that nobody cares about the women's side because the ultimate money isn't high enough to care that much about, you know what I mean? Uh So I I think that it's one and the same really. Interesting. mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah. I'm glad you're doing well, kid. Uh, how did you golf the other day? Was that good? I golfed terribly. I, I'm not. I love the game. I, I I can be good every now. I don't get to play very often, and when I do, I'm. It's the best day of my life. Um, I can drive the ball a million yards, I but I can't really uh, put the ball in the hole from five feet away. Have- so I got to work. I got to work on my putting game for sure. Do you have that drive to be good at golf? Because it takes time. I do. I want to be good. I want to be good really bad at it because I love it. I can see you being good eventually. I think that I could be. I really do. And I'm not just – I really think that I can because some – I mean, I'll go out and play it. I've never – I don't know how to play, right? I mean, it's not like I've had lessons. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But – um I love it. Don't you? No, I hate it. Uh, really? My mom is, I guess, was an exceptional golfer now. She turns 85 on Sunday. Uh, and uh still going strong, but back hip issues have kept her pretty much off the course. I think she goes dinks around once in a while. But she won a state senior championship. She was a really good golfer. And so I was around golf quite a bit, and I went out to play quite a bit as a youth, and I did not have the temperament for it. <laughs> I I didn't um, I wasn't emotionally settled enough in my teen years well still, mm-hmm. to play golf I ended up cursing a lot and I, I'll never yeah. forget the last time I, I played some scrambles later on but the last time I went out and played around by myself I was at the third hole of this line of country club which is their long par five mm-hmm. and I always had a slice and I sliced a ball up into a tree about, I don't know, 150 yards out, and and I never saw it come out. So I dropped another ball and hit again, and you couldn't have hit a more like shot. It followed the exact same path under yep. the exact same tree at the exact same point, and I never saw it again. <clears throat> and I'll never forget it. Uh, I was about 16, maybe, and I put my driver in my bag, picked up my clubs and walked off the course never to play another round because <laughs> I even 16-year-old me was like you're too emotionally invested, you're you're losing yeah. your mind over a game that should be relaxing and that was it. That was the end of the romance. I'm not sure that golf is supposed to be relaxing. It is the most incredibly most frustrating/rewarding slash rewarding sport ever. So, 
I'm not sure it's supposed to be relaxing, but I've come a long way since the catbacker tours through Western <laughs> Kansas where I didn't even, I did not even know how to swing the club correctly because of my softball yeah. um, days. You know, I, I just wanted to home run everything and I, I didn't understand how to even swing right. I couldn't even hit the ball off of a tee. It's so and, funny you say uh, that. Yeah. I, I saw a friend of mine, another K-Stater, Amanda, she put up something on social media of her driving off the tee and it was a it was a softball swing she shifted her weight and everything looked like the hips everything was a softball mm-hmm. swing and she just crushed it off the tee but she said i really need to fix this swing and it was just so funny it was like it's all softball uh, yeah but uh yeah it's it's, it, it's a sport that uh well you know now my buddy's like it's fun man you get out there and you just go drink beer and i'm like hey i don't need games to drink you know me claire right i I don't need trivia at a bar i don't need no uh, throwing uh bags you need your lazy boy and a cooler and that's about all all one needs for beer or i just need to stand at a bar and talk to the person next to me or meet a stranger or talk to a bartender or just just be and listen to music i don't i don't need activities i I need right uh i just I don't, I'm wired differently, but I'm glad you like golf. I can see you being being a really good golfer, and I'm really happy you got a day on the links with Dad because that's cool. Nah, thank you. Me too. It was cool. Was those good. days, those are memories you need to mm-hmm. cherish mm-hmm. when you can. And I, uh, finishing off with a mushy note, I cherish our memories. We Unlikely friendship, but uh, your keeper, Claire Coggins, your keeper. Thank you so much. You too. And I miss you. And I hope to get to Manhattan soon. Yep. It's the promised land. I've always said Manhattan is the promised it's, land. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful it place. It is. Okay. Take care, my dear. Tell Karen I can't wait to meet her. And uh, you can tell Marilyn the same thing, but she'll probably go, what? Huh? Who? <laughs> All right. You take care, okay. too. Okay. Bye-bye. Right. Even in the mid-2000s, people were a bit more guarded about sexuality, but not Claire. You always knew where Claire stood because she told everyone. She is who she is in every way, and I love her for it. I can't wait to see her and meet Karen and Marilyn. Hopefully that can happen really soon. Finally, men 45 and older, go get your PSA scored. It's a simple blood test that aids in the early detection of prostate cancer. Take care, everyone. I'll talk to you real soon.